Hello, my name is Jack Elliot Hobbs, and welcome to Unlived Lives, a philosophical YouTube series and podcast in which we explore the lives my guests are not living and why. If you hear any unmotivated sound, it's likely to be my two dogs enjoying life entirely in the present, unaware of any disruption they may be causing. I hope you enjoy listening. My guest in this episode was born in 1950 on the borders of Scotland in a town called Hoyk, spelt H-A-W-I-C-K. After leaving secondary school at 15, he had two weeks holiday and has been working ever since. Having had jobs on building sites, engineering sites, and after multiple monotonous factory jobs, he enrolled as a member of the Territorial Army in 1970, where he stayed for eight years, before getting a job with the local authority working in the water and sewage industry for 19 years. Moving to Longleat at the turn of the millennium, he worked as Lord Bath's butler for 18 months, before starting a job at Chidibri, where he has worked ever since. He has watched me grow up and supported me endlessly since that time. Neil Adam, welcome to Unlived Lives. Thank you. Very can you. It's so good to have you. When did you last throw your head back in laughter? Uh, very recently I was watching something on the television and um, it just made me laugh. I can't remember what it was, but I just, yeah, it was a good fun. And also when something that I'd done in my little workshop, uh, I made a mistake which was pretty basic and pretty stupid and I just had to laugh at myself. <laughs> So, you know, you make mistakes, it's not too serious. What have been your best laughs over the years? Oh, I've had so many. Um, with friends. Uh, oh, I can't remember, to be honest. Um, I think when you're in company and you, everybody's on the same level of thought, in the same frame of mind and you can just have a laugh um yeah and just keep on going uh, don't have to, you don't have to have anything serious silly little things can can make you laugh and if you're in company especially after you've had a few shandies oh, <laughs> you can have a, a thing that just keep on, keeps on going and i think most guys will relate to that and possibly no women as well. Yeah. When they go to the pub and the girls' night out, something silly will start at the, at the start of the night, and it just continues. You know, that's yeah. 
yeah, what, it's little things like where that. did you have the, the most of those times those oh, funny times throughout my life I've had quite a lot of um, fun and games again in different circumstances um, I remember quite quite a lot I remember back to my days in the TA when we'd be sitting on the side of a hill somewhere in the wilderness of Britain pouring the rain freezing cold hungry and somebody would just make a comment, do you think the sun's going to shine, or something like that. And obviously it wasn't. <laughs> and the type of humour that it was, I was in a unit in Newcastle, and the job they sense of humour is, yeah, it's really good. And if you just lie there and in the snow and cracking up and laughing. And How big just, was the team? Usually in teams of four or six. Okay. So we got to know each other. And, yeah, it was good fun, good fun. Hard, very realistic training. Um, but, yeah, it was good, good camaraderie as well. And f- for those who don't know, what what's the Territory Army's sort of job? What's their purpose? Uh, basically, well, there, what it is now, I don't know, but then when I was in, it was to back up the regular army in case of emergency, if, if, if the the hairy Russian bear started going west, our job was to go and try and stop them right. and back up as reserves. You know, the, the name itself implies, you know, territorial army reserves mm. to back up the frontline troops that were stationed in Germany or anywhere else in the world. Wow. So that was our job, yeah. So were you in the UK during your time? Yes, yeah, yeah. It was just weekends. Okay. Exercises, going abroad. Uh, I remember once going into the pub and said to my friends, my mates, uh, I'm going to Denmark this weekend. And they said, all right, that'll be great, that'll be great. But I can assure you, the forests in Denmark are just the same as the forests in Britain because that's all I saw. (laughs) Ploughed fields and barbed wire fences and trees, that's all I saw. Was it quite, did you get quite anxious on those exercises? No, not anxious. I was just excited. Uh, It was good. Uh, Being soldiers of stealth, so to speak, trying to break into places and spying people and stuff like that. All as exercise. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, in training for the real thing. Absolutely. Uh, But yeah, it was good. It was, uh, I think it was a good stand, you know, it made me the discipline as well, the self-discipline, and during some of the exercises when you've got anything up to a hundred pounds weight in your rucksack, and you have to just get to a certain point at a certain time, and it gives you that determination and the will to carry on, which I think stands it stood me in good stead mm. in certain just everyday jobs. You know, even if it's I don't know, just doing anything, you know, you carry on until you've got the job done. You know, that's that's the way I see it, to the best of your ability. Fantastic. But yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there must have been some moments of, of either frustration or, you know, difficulty. And so did you have a technique for keeping calm? Laughter. And not... Not taking things too seriously. We, at the time, knew that there was a serious concept to everything. But at the same time, 
a lot of things are out with your control. If somebody dropped the, the atomic bomb, there's nothing you could do. Sure. You know, just you know, <laughs> take it in your stride and just carry on and do the best that you can, to the best of your ability, and so try and survive. And so just focusing on... Focusing on the task in hand um, and just getting on with things. Mm. Yeah. I, I did a little bit of time in the cadets. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, I guess was a young... Young version, perhaps of yeah, yeah, of the TA by the sounds of things. Yeah, uh, I, I joined the Army Cadet Force as well. I was in the Army Cadet Force, and then I went into the Territorial Army. Um, and yeah, I think having the the discipline and the self confidence from an early age as well mm. is, is a good thing. When I say discipline, I don't mean you know being hip sticks and all this kind of thing, but the being told to be at a certain place at a certain time, you have to be there. It's as simple as that. Mm. No excuses. You're there, that's your job to be at point A at that time. Mm. Uh, and you have to do it. And it's little things like that and having the right equipment. And the right What were the repercussions? Uh, <laughs> just get shouted at. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, just get shouted at and you know, just like a bit embarrassed, you know, and, and the feeling of letting the seat, letting the team down, letting the side down, which, which for me builds in the camaraderie into the not just me, but it's the other guys in that team as well. Mm. They are in the same frame of mind. They they feel as if they've let the team down as well. If they're if they miss a rendezvous, if they miss a time, or if they come to the wrong bit of kit or whatever, you know. It sounds like the TA. Absolutely, that was a positive impact on your life. Definitely, definitely. I would recommend it um, to anybody, you know, if they think about it. It's, yeah, it's good and you get paid for it as well. Mm. And sort of thinking about the opposite of that, if, if the TA has been a, a good influence and the people in, in that experience have been a good influence on your life, who would you say has been a bad experience or a bad influence on your life? Um, bad influence. I don't think anybody's been a bad influence. Um, I realise in life that there are people there who are of the same frame of mind and you've got other people who are different frame of mind who, I don't know, just... They're just different somehow and they don't take an interest, they don't have the same discipline, the same self-discipline. Um, don't seem to care as much. That's another thing. You know, a lot of people just don't care. They don't think. Care as much? About what they do, about how people see them. Um, I mean, I don't care. If somebody doesn't like me, that's not my problem. That's their problem. You know, that's been my philosophy all my life. Mm. But perhaps uh, the impact that they're having on others. Yeah. The, talking the, about caring. Yeah, they, they, you get some people who are selfish and they don't care. They don't care how their actions affect other people. I don't like them kind of people. Mm. Don't like. I would describe you as as a absolutely fantastic serviceman. You know, in that way, and you've and you've dedicated the majority of your life to serving these jobs. Yeah. You know, building sites, engineering, sewage, yeah, TA. You know, all these jobs mm-hmm. in have all been sort of service. Yeah, 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 and um, and that is phenomenal determination 
to, to keep that going. Yeah. One of the things, my philosophy is, even when I was working with the sewage, cleaning the mess up, no, it's not everybody's cup of tea, but um, it was my job, and it was my job to do it to the best ability. And when I walked away from a job, when I got to the job, you could have sewage running down the street. And when I left the job, all that would be all cleared up. And that made me feel good to walk away and look behind me before I jumped in the van to go away and say, yep, yeah, I've done a good job there. Mm. And you've made people's lives better. And I've made, yeah, yeah. And I feel as if it's made me a good person because other people would, wouldn't or couldn't do it, you know, so that's made me a good person, I think. And was there ever a moment where you felt you wanted the people that you'd helped indirectly to know that it was you? Sometimes, yeah, uh, but other times uh, it's a case of you just get on with it, you know, sometimes you just have to think, yeah, they're, they're not interested mm. enough, you know, all they want to do is get their mess cleared up. Get the smell and the unpleasantness out of the way. Sure. You know, you know, that's it. And I think later on in life, when I've looked at my life and, you know, when I've been having time to think back on my life, I think that's been the case for most places that I've worked. You mm. know, I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just my job to do a particular job, a particular task. And that's what I get paid for. And the people who are in charge, you know, they just they pay me to do it. <laughs> That's as simple as that. Mm. Just just get on with it. Mm. No fuss, no that's not a big deal. And you feel proud. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because as I say, it's not everybody that can can do the jobs that I've done. They wouldn't they wouldn't want to do it. Mm. You know, for as simple as that. Mm. We watched there's a program on television recently called The Sewerman. And if anybody's listened to this, watch that, and that gives you an idea of what I used to do. Mm. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. Even even in uh, conditions like that, when you're down a, a manhole getting covered in nasties, and it's, all, it's all part of the job. If I didn't like it, you know, if I didn't want to do it, didn't have to stay there. Sure. I just walked away from it. Yeah. But the fact that I stayed there and did and carried on the job made me, in my eyes, made me a decent person. On the assumption that when you were younger, you didn't see yourself maybe working in sewers. What nope. did you see yourself doing? Uh, when I was younger, um, I never really gave it much thought. To be honest, I didn't have any great aspirations to do anything. I just wanted to do whatever I did. I just wanted to do it well. That's just been my philosophy mm. in life. Just put your all into it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the easiest way I can describe it. Mm. Just never... Never wanted to be... In front of the house sort of thing. I'm quite happy to be in the background. Just working away quietly. That's, it's me, that's my type of character. Other people like to be in the front with underneath all the floodlights and the glitter and the glitz and the glamour. Yeah, that's fine. It's just not me. <laughs> and on that basis, I really appreciate you coming onto yeah, the yeah, program. Yeah. Really appreciate it. That's no problem. Yeah, if it, 
if I can help somebody, yeah, if this can help somebody, that's good. That's good. In what respects are you the same, perhaps the same as you were as a child? Um, <clears throat> I quite like being on my own. I remember as a child going into the woods, you know, just wandering off somewhere and sitting underneath a tree, sitting very quietly and just sitting watching and listening. Watching the little birds, listening to the noises that they were getting made, mm. listening to the wind blowing through the grass, through the tree branches, and just watching foxes and deer walking past, you know, 20, 25 yards away, and me sitting absolutely motionless, just watching them and that. Yeah, and I'm, I'm still like that now. I still feel like that now. So that stayed with me all my life. And I feel quite content, you know, just going out and uh, I'm not a materialistic person. I can quite happily just go and sit underneath the tree and sit there for hours just watching things and listening. And do you think during your time in the TA you got opportunities to do that and that's perhaps oh, yes. Yes. why you enjoyed it? <laughs> yes. Um, I can't go into too many details, but one of the jobs, that, uh, the tasks was this go somewhere and just watch and that suited me you know you know watch a certain thing through through the binoculars and report back to somebody on the radio mm. yeah so that suited me fine mm. <laughs> lying at the edge of the wood watching somebody else and that brought you would you say at the time it sort of brought you back to that time as a child yeah or? definitely I, again i was quite happy um in as much as I, I ended up getting a little bird book and to pass the time away, I would just sit uh, watching the birds. And so it was a kind of learning thing as well, mm. educational. They call that it. being a twitcher, don't they? Yes. That, yeah. Bird watcher sort yep. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. If I wasn't watching the road or a railway line for enemy or something like that, I was sitting watching the birds fly by and like, oh, I wonder where that's been. Mm. See a pigeon flying past and you think, wonder where that's going. I wonder where it's been. Mm. Yeah, wonder if I'll ever see it again. But a pigeon's a pigeon, so who knows? <laughs> Certainly, and the pigeon in Germany is just the same as a pigeon in, in this country. Mm. So oh, yeah, it was good. It was good. Fantastic. And and you never thought of pursuing that sort of you know environmental or but uh, bird documentaries about you know nature or yeah, I like nature programs. Uh. I like them very much. Nottingborough uh, programmes are absolutely superb. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's, but again, in life, you know, life takes it takes you on different paths. You don't always stick to the same path in life. Or, you know, you sometimes think, right, I'm going to do this, and as you're going on that journey to do your whatever goal that you want, you know, you might come to a junction in the road that you you have to take a different path. Mm through circumstances and that takes you away from what you really originally wanted and by the time that you <clears throat> get back onto that path again things have changed and people have moved on mm. and you have to do the same so that's is, is there anything that makes you envious as i've got older no things are what they are um 
I'm not envious of people. I'm not envious of people with money. That's just the way it is. People that have big cars, big houses, you know, lots of money. I'm not envious of that. It's just, that's just the way things are. Mm. Um, maybe slightly envious of um, somebody better looking than me. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could all say that. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I'm not envious. I'm not an envious type of person. Yeah, they are, things are what they are. Mm. It's kind of Buddhist, really, Buddhist way of looking at things, mm. you know. That's the way it is. Do you, where do you think you learned that? Just through life, th through things happening to people, to myself, mm. and I can't give any specific instances, but that's just a there thing. There was no time where you sort of went, oh, I'm done with envy or, you know. Yeah, no, it's just a thing that just suddenly wake up one day. I don't know if you wake up one day or just suddenly realise, but, you know, you just, yeah, I'm just not envious of that. Mm. Is there any time in your past as a teenager or, or anything where it was like, oh. I think as a teenager, like most teenagers, you want to be part of the group. You want to fit in. You want the same clothes, hairstyle, the latest shoes, the latest pair of jeans, the latest record, you know. But again, when you're growing up, um, some people can afford to get them. Some people can't. Uh, a little story is when I was when I was at school, there was this other boy, and he was always immaculately dressed when he came to school. Shoes were polished. Everything was just right about him. And it wasn't until many many years later that our paths crossed, and I realised that his mum and dad were head over heels in debt. You know, they owed so much money. Wow. You know? And that was not me, you know. My mum and dad, you know, like everybody at the time in the town, they didn't have enough money, but there was certainly lots of love in the family. There was lots of care and attention. Uh, and, you know, it was the same old story you've heard it time and time again about, you know, we all looked out for each other. All the families, all the mums and dads, the kids would play on the street and yeah. Proper good. community. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was good. What were the what were the perhaps the best things that you, you owe to your parents? Uh to be a, a decent person and think of others. Um and realise that some people will not like you and there's nothing you can do about it. It doesn't matter how much you try to be liked, you can't be liked by everybody. You, It's just impossible. People won't um, accept. You can do a hundred good deeds and you do one bad deed and people will remember you for that one bad deed, not the hundred good deeds that you've done. That's another thing that I've learned in life. <laughs> mm. Yep. Challenging. Well, that's life, as they say, you know. Um, and I think as you get older, I think I've learned to accept a lot more and not, uh, not fight it, that's not the right word. Accept it more, just accept things for what they are. Mm. You know, you can't, you can't win every battle. You can't win the war, but, you, you know...
In what way do you think older people could be valued more? By younger people listening <clears throat> to what older people have to say in experience wise. And here we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I'm trying. Yeah. Sometimes um, I, I, it's just the way the world, you know, younger people think, oh, the old fogies, you know, they don't know nothing. But they've got, there's a lot of experience in um, older people that older people have. Uh, and it's just a shame that younger people don't always listen to their to their older generations. But again, that's how the world goes on. Mm. You know, the world moves on very quickly nowadays, uh, technology-wise especially. I mean, you can do something in Britain and a few clicks of a button or on a phone and that information gets passed to the other side of the world in seconds. I could never, ever imagine that when I was a kid. Mm. It was just all magic and science fiction and things that happened in... In films. Space or, movies, yeah. you know. <laughs> what was your experience uh, as a child? How did you view older people when you were younger? Uh, <clears throat> I respected them. Uh, and I tried to listen. You know, they, they were older than me and they could teach me things. And But again, when I, <laughs> when I was growing up, I start, again, just like I, like I was saying, you start thinking, what the hell did they know? Mm. So, you know, that's, again, that's part of growing up, isn't it? You know, getting old. Have you got a, a memory? Can you recollect a memory of something that you learnt from an older person when you were younger or...? A specific thing that you can sort of take away? Yeah, um, I wanted a new pair of jeans and my mum and dad couldn't afford to buy me a pair and they said you just have to have patience, save up, save your pocket money up. If you save up your pocket money and pay for half the pair of jeans and I'll pay for the other half. So that the, the, the fact of patience, um, that taught me patience. So that was, and I'm, I still think I'm quite a patient person. How old were you at the time when that? Oh, I can't remember. Uh, Teena teenager? Early teens, mm. something like that, yeah. yeah. That's a fantastic thing for your parents to teach you. Yeah, it's, yeah, just learning to be a decent person and do the best you can. And, uh, you know, if you say you're going to do something, stick to your word and do it. Mm. You know, and uh, don't be a nasty person. You know, be a good person. <laughs> but you know, not everybody's like that. But I still think I'm a decent, decent fella. Certainly, <laughs> you're not alone. Yeah, well, that's good. That's good to know. Um, is there anyone that you regret losing touch with? Uh, gosh, that's a hard one. Yeah, because you've moved around. Yeah. A few, yeah, quite a few people um, that I liked, that I got on with, uh, that were also decent, decent folks. And the sad, that's the sad thing about life is when circumstances change in their life or your life, you lose contact. Mm. And it's, it's sad. And 
sometimes your paths might cross at some point in life, but other times you never see that person or hear from that person ever, ever again. And it's something I often sit and think, I wonder what happened to so-and-so. I wonder where they're there or not. Mm. And it's one of life's mysteries. Old school friends or old work buddies. School friends, work friends, pe just people that you've met, you mm. know, people that you meet in the pub, you know. Um, the lifestyles change, you know, as, as life goes on. Um, social things change, you know, especially now with pandemic. That's that's had a huge effect on the country and people's mental health, especially. Um, yeah, it's it's a hard time for a lot of people. Mm. A lot of people. Is there is there anyone that you have sort of seen since you uh, for a long time that you haven't seen, but then you saw and they turned out differently to you expect uh, you expected at the time or. Uh, not really. I haven't. I haven't been back to Scotland for quite a long time. Um, and when I have been back, you, my brother still lives there, <clears throat> and he'll tell me, um, "Remember so and so?" Uh, yeah, I believe they're dead. And it gets quite scary when they're the same age as yourself or slightly younger. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> a bit of a wake-up call sometimes. Mm. Um, but no, in general, as I've got older, you know, people have went their different ways in in, in life and they've died or went abroad or whatever, you know. And I think that just for me, I think that's the same for quite a lot of people in the world, you know, quite a lot of them. Yeah, I mean, movie, I'm somebody who's been in the same place the majority of my life, yeah, as you yeah. know, and, and just comparing your life to mine in that way, mm. in how you've moved around so much. And I just, I, I find that difficult to, yeah. to yeah. sort of go, that must be so challenging. Mm. Mm. One of the things that I've got a huge amount of respect for are, are some immigrants. And I watched a bit on the television last year and there was a, a story of this 14-year-old girl who came from some country in Africa. And she was 14 when the people interviewed her and she'd left her village in Africa near the equator when she was 11-year-old. And she had worked her way from her village to the Mediterranean. And it took her three years. Wow. And, I, you know, I, I almost had a tear in my eye when I thought of what she has been through just to try and make a better life for herself. Mm. And when you think of all the, the immigrants and refugees, that's all they want. They want a decent life, a decent education, a decent doctor to go and see if they've got toothache or something like that, you know. Yeah. They don't want a lot of anything else. They just want the same as what we've got. And I find that... Uh, Unfortunately, in the West, the success of the West, the prosperity and stuff like that has been maybe the, the negative side of it is people in other countries wanting to get the same as what we have. Mm. And of course, when you've got war and famine and natural disasters, it doesn't help. 
it can be quite tough in these people that don't have what we have. Mm. So I consider myself very fortunate to have been in a country um, that's been basically at peace all my lifetime, apart from one or two things like, you know, the troubles in Ireland and stuff like that. But in general terms, it's been a good life that I've had free of trouble and, and no famine, no natural disasters and mm. stuff. And if you if you could live your life again, what do you think you could do differently? Oh. In that, thinking about that, you know. I think I would try. One of my biggest regrets is never having had children. Um, I often wonder, you know, when I watch things, uh, other kids, you know, when I wonder to myself, if I'd had kids, depending on who was the mum, mm. uh, how would they have turned out? Would they have been good? I wouldn't expect them to be little angels by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, I wasn't. I was a little, you know, typical little kid. Mm. You know, got up to mischief, and I'd expect my my kids to be the same. But what, what I would like to have saw was uh, the birth, the first tooth coming through. Um, the first baby steps, mm. the first words, mummy, daddy, or whatever it was, or taking the kids out and watching them to learn to ride a bike, how they would turn out as adults and teenagers and stuff. Mm. Uh, I've missed out on that, which that is that's my biggest regret. Mm. But you know, it wasn't to be. So, what? How do you think? You're, what would you have had to sacrifice in order to have? Because obviously, you've had a life. Without children, yeah, which and they take up a big space, as far as I understand. Yeah, yeah certainly do. So, what yeah. what do you think you would have lost if you did make that decision? Um, I don't know. It's it's just one of these things. That it just it just never happened. Mm. You know, I'm just that's, I'm just one of these people that it just never happened to. Mm. Um, do you think you'd have regrets? Are different regrets like you wouldn't have been able to join the TA or uh, no? There was people in the TA that had families, uh, big families, right. some of them. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah. It's just my circumstances at the time. Uh, that's the way it was. Mm. You know, that's that's how my life's turned out. You know, it's that's it. Yeah, you know, I'm not gonna cry too much about it. I regret. I'd never haven't had kids, but um, so be it. That's the way it is. Yeah, you know, that's how life's turned out. You know, it's um, but yeah. It, it, when I hear about other people uh, with their kids and talking about their kids and how their kids have now got kids, you know, all that kind of kind of stuff. Yeah, it's. Uh, I just wonder sometimes how I, how it would have affected me as a person. <clears throat> would it have made me a better person or a worse person? Don't know. Would I have ended up having divorced? And you know, don't know if I if I did get married. You know, just don't know. Do you? Can you put your finger on the reason why you didn't? Was it a, a feeling? at the time or it's just just circumstances right just what I was doing at the time was, it was just my life at the time you mm. know just then when you start thinking yeah I wish I'd had kids too late 
End of story. Would you have changed your, if you could, would you have changed your life circumstances to allow for kids? Um, if the right person had came along, yes. Sure. Yeah, I think, yeah. And I think as well, there are, there are so many people in life just now <clears throat> who are actually re regretting having had kids. Sure. Because, they, I, I th and again, I, I don't mean to be nasty to them, but I think from some of the programmes that I watch on television, some people are, um, they find the kids are just a millstone around their neck because mm. they're missing out on what they think their life should be. Sure. You know, if you have a kid, you've got to obviously have... That's it. You've got to look after the kid and you can't go to the pub every every weekend mm. with your mates, you know. Uh, so that kind of stuff, you know. So there's sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. Sacrifices have to be made, mm. you know. Just, if you want to bring your kid up the right way to be a decent, decent person, you know. And do you think there's a right decision? Um, I think it depends on the people. For me, it's just, it just never happened. For other people, I mean, there was a programme I was watching last week, 21 kids and counting. And this woman still wanted more kids. She's got 21 kids. Uh, so wow. she's obviously got my share. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Balances out. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's life. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not angry against it. I just, just a regret. Mm. And I often think back to some of the girlfriends that I've had and I think, would she have been a good mum or would I have been a good father? Would, would we have been good parents, mm. you know? Uh, it's just one of these things that you sit, when you get older, you've got time to <laughs> think about these things. Do you think in hindsight it was the right decision? I'm not sure if it was the right decision. It was just what happened at the time. Right. Yeah. Uh, possibly not a conscious thing saying I'm not going to have kids until right. I'm later. It just didn't. It just didn't, just didn't happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It just never came up as mm. it were. Mm. You know, it was... And but it yeah. got it and got away from you. Yeah. yeah. I think just too busy doing other things. Mm. And I think there'd be quite a lot of people in the same boat, you know. Uh, especially when I see when I watch women's programmes on television and you get these women who are now 35 upwards who suddenly think, oh, I better have a kid. Mm. But they've got a fantastic career. They've got good jobs and all the rest of it, but they have not had kids, mm. you know, because they wanted to pursue their career in whatever form it was. Mm. So that's life. Is there anything you regret not doing due to fear? Fear? Um, I think when I was younger, maybe not speaking out when I saw something, somebody else doing something wrong and not speaking up about it. Not have, Maybe not having the courage to go up and say, Oi, stop that or stop saying that. Right. I think that's about it. Yeah. Now, uh, I tend to, the position that I'm in now, I think I, I don't see a lot of people anyway, so that's not uh, part you, of my life. You, did you work in security at, at 
one point or were you yeah I did a, a I was a doorman for for a few years as well yeah which, which was another education yeah I'm sure <laughs> that you must that must have been yeah yeah it was uh it was interesting so so people as they are you know just some lovely lovely people in the world and there's some idiots mm. but again that's like and everything in between everything um, in between mm. all the different states of drunkenness uh yeah <laughs> the happy-go-lucky drunk everybody everybody's their friend to the other drunk who everybody's their enemy <laughs> did, did you enjoy off the back of you know not being able to speak up or have the bravery to speak up as a kid did you enjoy having that ability that status as a bouncer um no it was be, being a doorman it was a case of um not just looking after my it was a case of making sure that everybody was there to enjoy themselves sure and if you've got too many people in the place it becomes against the law because there's a limit to how many people you've got there yeah. so you have to control the amount of people going in and sometimes when you've got somebody standing outside wanting to get in and you say, sorry, we're full up. You know, it's like a bus. Mm. When the bus comes along and it drives straight past and the conductor shouts out the back, sorry, we're full up, we can't take That's you it. on. Yeah. It's the same thing, you know. Um, Did you ever have any difficulties with people? Oh, yes. On the door? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite a few. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah, there was one or two locals that were regular customers. When you said, sorry, but you know, you, you can't get in because you're too drunk. Mm. Uh, and of course, being drunk, they, they wouldn't accept it. Uh, but yeah, I'm not going to that too much. No, it's, not, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's the same as you see on television now when you watch programmes about doormen. It's exactly the same, mm. you know. People trying to get in. It's exactly the same behaviour that I had. Exactly the same. Oh. <laughs> and my heart goes out to them. <laughs> to the doorman. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah, because you know, you remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. Been there, done that, got the T-shirt and all the rest of it. Mm. Yeah. But again, it was, it was some fun times as well, you know. Uh, it wasn't all... Doom and gloom. Yeah, it wasn't all doom and gloom. We were not far from it. Uh, with some lovely, lovely people that, mm. you know, I used to love watching hen nights when the hen nights were coming yeah. in. It was just, oh gosh, it was just fun. Real fun. Yeah, it was good. Mm. Yeah. Is there anything, well, who or what might have stopped you from realising your full potential? Um... Who I don't think there's any particular person. I think what would just be the circumstances in my life as I've went through it. Uh, and I think you'll find that's true of most people, just the circumstances that they're in, whether it's um, death in the family, somebody moving away to a different country, emigrating, moving to a different town, mm. anything like that, you know pandemics you know that kind of thing that's going to stop a lot of people doing what they want to do 
But eventually, when this pandemic finished, you know, things will pick up again, although they'll never go back to what they were. Mm. Uh, people will just adapt and mm. change to suit whatever has to be done. What do you think possibly your full potential was or could have been? I never gave that much thought. <laughs> uh, what could have been? Um, on the family side, a good dad, a good mm. parent, bringing up kids to be decent folks, decent kids, decent people. I think that's the only thing. Everything else I've done, uh, I've tried to do to the best of my ability and not be a bad person. Mm. You know, nasty, horrible, and all this kind of stuff. So, yeah, other than that, that's about it. Mm. Amazing. <laughs> Neil Adam, thank you so much for My coming pleasure. on the show. My it's pleasure. been an absolute pleasure to have you. If you enjoyed this episode into Neil's unlived life, make sure to give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the YouTube channel for a new episode every Wednesday. Did you gain something from this episode? Let me know in the comments section. I hope you enjoyed listening.